Black Lives Matter. Welcome to Superhouse. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 19 of the Superhouse Podcast. This is Andrew coming in from Los Angeles. Somebody go, Joey. This is Joey from my parents' house in North Carolina. Uh, Johnson. Uh, this is Johnson. I'm in Riga. And today we have Ben Yip here. He's also coming in from Los Angeles. I, uh, ben and I were, uh, we were uh, co-workers at yep. a company in Deluxe. I mean, a company, <laughs> a company in Los Angeles named Deluxe, and. Uh, I found out through working with him that he is a huge Batman fan and is also into screenwriting, so I wanted to get right into it. So, um, Ben, yep. could you just go into, we already know your name, but can mm. you go into like what you do these days, just real quick? Uh, these days, I'm still working on breaking into writing. I recently I wrote a spec, actually, for the Gotham show, uh, which we can talk about later. Okay. And uh, I'm currently working at the Disney company for Corporate Legal. In, oh. uh, in anti-piracy, actually. Oh, so, that's what you're doing now. Yeah, I, uh, well, I hunt after the guys who leak shit about, you know, spoiler shit. So don't do okay. that stuff or I'll come after you guys. <laughs> How is that? Uh, it can be fun. It can be frustrating because you got the whole fucking internet to deal with. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it's kind of cool detective work without really being, you know, life or death situations. Right. You know? Uh, so that's that's basically what I've been up to these days. I know it's been a while since uh, Andrew and I got to hang out. Yeah, but, it's been uh, a bit. Uh, yeah, a lot, lots of things have happened since the deluxe days. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know about that. Um, so, real quick, uh, you seem to have a kind of like Michael Uslan level of love for Batman. I right. wanted to ask why. Uh, well, I mean, when I grew up, it was every day I would watch the Tim Burton Batman movie, and then afterwards I would play, and I had an audio tape of the Untold Legend of the Batman, like, dramatization. It's like an old comic from the 80s where they did this whole, they just put all continuity together, brought all the different origin stories of Batman, Robin, Two-Face, everybody into, like, one single story. So it was, like, ingrained in my mind from the very beginning that this was not only a superhero, but a superhero with many different interpretations. And I think what I found was that he was somebody who would take his pain and basically forged it himself into the pinnacle of human achievement. The funny thing is a lot of people when they ask, when they get asked, like, why do you like Batman so much? A lot of them say, well, he's human, you know, he can get hurt, anybody can be Batman. And I kind of call bullshit on that, honestly, because like, well, if that's <laughs> the case, then why is Hawkeye the least favorite Avenger? Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's because of the fact that like, well, what the fuck can he do when he's, when he's surrounded by the superpower guys? They don't really see him as anything special. The reason why Batman's special is simply because he is the master at everything. Uh, you can be Batman if you put in the discipline and the hours and everything like that. You might be able to be able to master just certain skills and all that. But I don't believe that just anybody can put on a fucking suit and uh, fight crime. So to me, it's all about how he dealt with his trauma and used that as a way to make something positive out of his life and also use that to help others overcome like their own shit, whether it's Robin or even, you know, recruit the Justice League, depending on which version you like and, and all that. 
Okay, and and uh, is there any aspect of Batman like you just mentioned, especially probably the uh, determination part? Does that play a part in your everyday life? Like when you go to work, or you're like, or when you practice for whatever, <laughs> like when you write, are you are you like trying to channel Batman? I mean, he's he can be a good motivator for your determination, and it's I guess it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is like really really tough, you kind of have to fall back on what you see as your role models, whether it's comic book characters or people in real life. So it's been a combination of Batman and other people from my life who've mentored me, who've helped me out. Uh, as you know, and a lot of the other, and I'm sure, you know, your friends are just meeting me, so they don't know this, but uh, a few years ago, I had cancer. I had stage four cancer, and I had to get basically chemotherapy and get all through all that. And what pulled me through was basically, you know, I watched a lot of, you know, when you're in chemotherapy, you end up binge watching shit. So I binge watched a shit ton of like Batman Brave of the Bold, reread Untold Legend of Batman. It's not like channeling Batman was really gonna help me overcome chemo, but it was the whole idea of, I'm going through shit right now. I need something to help pull me through. And it helps when you see a character who is also going through a ton of shit and is able to pull through it. Did you watch that Legends of the Night documentary? Uh, I haven't yet, actually, but my name might actually be in the credits because I did uh, donate to part of the Kickstarter on that. Oh, man, it was on Netflix. I thought it was great. Anybody else seen that? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay, it's this, like, inspirational Batman documentary where it just talks about how Batman, or reading Batman, has helped people get through traumatic experiences in their life or inspire them in some way. There's cops, firefighters, mm -hmm. or whatever. The guy that made it was actually a wedding videographer, so he already had the skill of kind of making really inspiring emotional videos, and it's right. pretty good. It's pretty good. I think he's doing a Superman one right now, too. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, he, something, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called Look Up in the Sky or something like that. He kind of promoted it because he did... I don't know if you saw it. He did a whole uh, video review on Batman versus Superman. Where he oh, really? That. Yeah. We're gonna get into that in a minute. <laughs> that's another topic. That's that's definitely that's definitely coming. Okay. Um, you already answered. Uh, let me see. Uh, so was was this show was this was Batman kind of affecting you before the '90s cartoon was released, or was that the main kicker? What was what do you think was like the main thing that got you into him the most? I mean, at the time, there was the 90s cartoon, and of course, I had the Burton movie on VHS and the audio cassette for Untold Legend. I didn't really end up reading the comics until I was a little older, probably because, you know, when you're eight years old, there's only so much of Dark Knight Returns you could really understand. Right. So when I was like 12 or so, that's when I really was like, okay, now I kind of, I'm kind of ready to jump in to see the more adult stuff, whether it's the Frank Miller stuff or the Killing Joke, everything like that. But I think... The 90s cartoon played a big role, but it was mainly uh, it was mainly just watching, just the succession of watching the movie and listening to that tape. So the first uh, 89 uh, Batman yeah. movie? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, because that was out like a year after I was born. So I obviously didn't see it in the theater, but my parents just bought it out like the bargain, <laughs> bargain bin on VHS when I was a little older. And I just, I wore the tape out on that one. What do your parents think about you being so into Batman for so long? Uh, I mean, it makes it easy for them to get me gifts. I mean, honestly, <laughs> most of my Batman stuff, I didn't even buy. It's stuff people gave me. 
I bought maybe one Batman shirt in my whole life. Everyone else's, all the other Batman shirts in my wardrobe were things that people gave me. The, I've mainly bought the comics and the movies. That's about it. All this other stuff like mugs and toys and cookie jars from other people, <laughs> which is fine, but it's, it's, it's yeah. like, okay, like how much, stu- how much of this stuff I'm going to get? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Um, what do you think is the main aspect of Batman that you feel that like the, you know, most people don't, don't get, they don't know. That's a good question. I think there are a lot of fans who are attached to a Batman who has no Robin, no sidekicks whatsoever, isn't part of the Justice League. And while I think that's fine for like the first two years of his career, I think eventually that gets boring because like how many stories are you going to get where it's just him versus Joker? You know what I mean? I think the novelty of the Bat family or the Justice League or the Outsiders, Batman Inc., the whole novelty of all those is here's a guy who lost his family when he was young and here's his opportunity to sort of rebuild his family out of other people who had similar experiences to him. And he can never really have a normal life and neither can they, but he can create sort of this family atmosphere for them or this feeling of companionship. So a lot of people are like, you know, well, Batman's a loner. Batman hasn't been a loner since 1939, guys. <laughs> Robin was invented in 1940. Ever since then, it's like, okay, you got Robin, you got Alfred, you got all the different, like, Batgirls, all, and right. then the success of Robins, and eventually it's just like, okay, how many groups is this guy part of? You've got the Outsiders, he yeah. started Batman Inc. He's already doing some other team right now in the Rebirth, I think, that even includes uh, Clayface. So right now I'm just really? like, I, yeah. So I'm like, I don't really buy him being a loner when he is constantly part of all these. I think there's even a webcomic that makes fun of it where he, he's at his back computer and he's talking about like, oh, you know, I, I'm alone. I'm in this all alone. And behind him is Nightwing, Red Hood, you know, Tim Drake, Damien, Stephanie Brown, Alfred, like everybody. And, you know, just calling, calling bullshit on that. So th- that's my opinion. That is an aspect that I think a lot of people just overlook probably because they sort of see the Robin stuff as more lame. You know, they're like, oh, that's corny bullshit. We, you know, and, it, and there's sort of a sense of shame, I think, in, uh, in the community sometimes. Or just like, oh, we like comics, but only like the hardcore R-rated, dark, gritty stuff part of comics, not the other aspects. And I always think that's a shame because of the fact that I think there's more to explore in the, what seems to be the cornier aspects. If you diverse the, you know, if you divorce yourself from the cheesy parts, there's, there's a reason why that stuff stuck for so long. If Robin never worked, then he wouldn't still be part of the comics. There's a whole bunch of sidekicks in history that were introduced that like nobody's ever really heard of. Right. And Somehow he Robin is stuck. the most famous one. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the first. That's true, yeah. But uh, he stuck around to the point where there's multiple, multiple ones. Like There's never really been a time since then where there's been zero Robins at all, in my, in, from what I remember. So... It's, there's always been somebody. But he was mainly created as a kind of a audience surrogate, right? Like boys right. were reading it and they needed, they couldn't put themselves in the shoes of a 29-year-old male. Exactly. So that's why you get Robin. And Alfred didn't exist at the time. Right, 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 right. A lot of people forget that. It was like the very first panel is Bruce Wayne and Commissioner Gordon. That's all there was in Detective Comics 27. There was no Wayne Manor, no Batcave yet, no Alfred. None of this shit. You didn't even even know his parents were killed at the time. In fact, eh, I don't know. I'd have to look up when, but I'm pretty, yeah, 
I'm pretty sure you found out the origin before. Yeah, you found out the origin before Robin came into the picture. But still, like he's been a part of Batman Mythos way before anyone else. Isn't that like who created the whole parents getting shot thing? Isn't that kind of up in the air of who exactly thought of that? I mean, everyone kind of agrees it was Bill Finger at this point. Okay, really? Everything's yeah. Bill Finger. Everything, I think just the name Batman is Bob Kane, and then everything else was Bill Finger, from the costume to the origin to the Robin, uh, introducing Robin. There's some debate about Joker, I think, whether it was Jerry Robinson or Bill Finger. But I'm pretty sure most of the time it's Bill Finger, and it's cool now that they give him a credit. Right. I mean, Bob Kane just had, like, the core concept, like the name and a guy in a bat suit of some kind. Right. Then after that, it was Bill Finger created everything else. Right, and his original design for the bat suit doesn't even look like a, somebody who would be called Batman. He had like the Robin mask and a red leotard and like black wings, and that was it. Yeah, that was there like was no, last a year. Yeah, there was no cowl or anything like that. Right. <clears throat> do you personally get into like the psychology of Batman? It seems like you do. Like, the, like it seems like, especially with Batman, more than the other than other uh, comic books. There's a there's like this very like psychological aspects like like you have like two-face you know schizophrenia mm -hmm. uh i'm probably even getting there's uh yeah schizophrenia i guess is what it is yeah things like that kind of yeah um are you into are you into that concept as well like i think in order to understand the characters you kind of have to uh i think the interesting part what makes his rogues gallery so cool is the fact that they've all reflect different parts of him in a way whether it's joker being like his complete opposite or two-face kind of being you know you've got the whole dual identity thing of two-face right. you've right. got a whole bunch of especially what they, the animated series did with guys like mr freeze or clayface they showed like hey here are other guys who dealt with tragic traumatic situations and they didn't deal with it the way that bruce wayne dealt with it that's the whole point of the killing joke honestly right is the fact that, you know, Joker's like, hey, you know, bad day, it'll turn you insane. And Batman's like, yeah, well, it didn't change me. Now, there's the whole debate about the ending, thanks to Grant Morrison. But I'd like to think that that's what the point of the, the comic is. For uh, looking into other characters, I mean, sometimes you have to look and say, okay, what is it about this character that makes people write books about the psychology? You never really see, like, the psychology of Green Lantern. You know what I mean? Right, right. There's not, there's not a ton of that. I think part of it might just because, again, he's the human hero and people think, well, you know, if he were real, they think about that more than any of the other characters. So that could be that. It could be the traumatic uh, experiences, not just the death of his parents, but the death of Robin, the crippling of Barbara, all, those, all that stuff. All right, cool. And like personally, what's your favorite comic? I know you've told me personally before, but just for the podcast, what's your favorite Batman comic? Mine is probably the same. Okay, my okay, my top two. Then mine is probably the same as Michael Uslan's. Honestly, The Night of the Stalker. I think that's a really solid story. It's a shame that it's not like reprinted all the time. Where essentially it's Batman witnessing someone else's parents get gunned down and hunting the shit out of them. Not saying. I don't think he says anything through the whole thing, but he hunts them down and at the end he goes back to the portrait of his parents and you just see him back to being that broken boy who started it again because of the fact that in a way he could see he failed. You know, he set out on this to make sure that it didn't happen to anyone else and here, did, here it happened to another kid and of course it happened to another kid years ago at the circus and he turned that kid into Robin. So you sort of see the cycle where he's like he can never really 
win. So that's like the more tragic Batman story that I like. My other favorite is another more obscure one called To Kill a Legend, where essentially a phantom stranger comes to Batman and says, hey, there's multiple Earths. There here is an Earth where Bruce Wayne's parents haven't been killed yet. Have you read this one? No, it sounds great, though. Okay, already. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I should uh, spoil it. But, uh, it's, no, don't, uh, don't spoil it. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the, the whole dilemma is like, well, if I prevent what happened, if I prevent the murder, which is what I've always wanted to do, what's going to happen with the rest of the world? Because Batman's not going to exist. What allows, did I, you know, allow I, his parents to die, in a sense? Does he allow his parents to die, or does he save them and risk a world without Batman? And so they come up with a very... Sort of, sort of like third option uh, that you'll have to see when you read it. All right, can you, for for me and the listeners, where can where can we get these two comics? Do you, what, uh, what collections or whatever. The greatest Batman stories ever told is the name of. No, I just don't remember which. There's so many different volumes called the greatest Batman stories ever told. Okay. That I don't even uh, I don't remember what specific ones, but I'm sure if you Google around, you'll find them. So we're talking Night of the Stalker. And, and what was the other one? Uh, to Kill a Legend. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. I'm going to look into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, so is the Michael Keaton one your favorite Batman movie or what? Uh, I mean, it was, when I was growing up, that was like the only one that I saw. I didn't even watch Batman Returns until I didn't realize Batman Returns even existed until like years later. I'm like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> I saw it. I'm like, why is this so much different? Yeah. I don't know if that one's my favorite out of the. You're asking mainly out of the live action ones or the live could, action. We're not yeah. animation's a whole other gig. Okay, yeah, because I thing. I could be all Batman hipster fan. I'll be like, oh yeah, no, it's all about the animation. Uh, yeah. Out of the live action ones, probably the one that I've I think is the most solid, probably writing wise, is probably Batman Begins. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of structure, I mean, and and Dark Knight is a close second. Mainly because I think, uh, and this is more of the screenwriter in me than the Batman fan in me, but like every scene of Batman Begins like pushes the story forward and has something to do with stuff. I felt Dark Knight had like 50 million subplots. And while cool, I'm like, it gets, it, I can rewatch Batman Begins whenever. Dark Knight, I have to, yeah, I gotta, it feels less rewatchable to me. Yeah, my, my opinion on that is, is Nolan always gives himself a lot of bases to cover. And he's going to cover all of them. He's not going to. He's not going to miss one. Right. But it's going to take some time to do it. Mm-hmm. Like Nolan is good at covering his bases. He just gives himself too many. Yeah. There's a there's a shit ton of stuff going on in that one, and it's just like you could have saved some of this. I mean, the whole personally, I think the fairy thing would have been a great Two Face thing more than a great Joker thing. But that's, that's oh yeah, that's me. true. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that 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 whole like after the Joker's hanging upside down and goes into the Two-Face part again, it, that's when it really feels like, okay, we should be wrapping this up about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm liking it, but let's wrap it up soon. <laughs> Here's another epilogue, you know? Yeah, yeah. All these endings, yeah. I love I, the, the, I love uh, Gordon saying, like, he's not a hero. He's what the city needs. And if Batman's <laughs> just running away in a fucking alley, that was one of the most epic fucking scenes in a superhero movie ever, dude. Forget that 360 in Avengers, that 360 shot. <laughs> that fucking shot is the fucking shit. It really is. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to see if I can ask you something else before we get into the movie stuff. Okay. Um, anybody else got anything right now, or should we just go into 
I was going to ask if you had uh, read the uh, Paul Denny A True Batman Story. That just oh, I haven't yet. Vertigo. Uh, I haven't. That's on my list. Uh, but it sounds it sounds really interesting. Obviously, that was an experience that no one else really knew about. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've seen some panels that people have sort of posted online of like, you know, stuff like Two Face is like haunting him, and it's like the voice of his his guilty either his guilty conscience or him like feeling guilty about not being able to step it up uh, and defend himself and shit like that. So I'm just like, okay, that's I can see that when you're a writer. A lot of your characters or characters in general or people or imaginary people end up being the voices of your insecurities. So that makes a lot of sense. But I'll, I'll have to check it out. It's on my list. Cool. What was, uh, before we go into the movie part, what was your favorite um, animated series episode? Ooh, good question. Probably, probably I Am the Night. Do you remember that one? What happens in that one exactly? That's the one where Gordon gets shot. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. That one, there's no rogues gallery villain. I mean, and by the way, you know, I love all the rogues gallery guys. But this one, I think it's my favorite because of the fact that I saw it on, I saw it as part of the collection. I don't remember seeing it when it was aired when I was young. But I saw it later on as, as a teenager at a time when I was in Dark Place. And here was Batman being like, oh my God, you know, Gordon got shot. He's around the same age as my dad would be and everything. Like, it's just reminded, it brought him back and he's in the cave and he realizes, you know what, I got to keep going. And uh, there's always that, there's that ending, of course, when he does save Gordon, and Gordon wakes up in the hospital, and he's just like, you know, I got to keep fighting. I got to be a hero like you. And Batman says, "You are a hero, Jim." That's and awesome. That's, and that's uh, that's such a great moment. I love this. There's this one uh, part between Gordon and and Batman too, or Gordon and somebody else at, the, at GPD. He says, he says. Uh, do you know who he is? Talking to Gordon. And Gordon goes, I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like to, to Gordon, he can just be Batman. I don't want to know anymore. That's it. And this is our business relationship. Because anymore, it would kind of, I think, it ruined the mystique for Gordon as well. I think it Gordon could. likes the mystique. He does. I mean, it, it depends on how, it depends, I guess, on what continuity you'd see. Or like how long they've known each other in your eyes. Because you've got, it wasn't until... I mean, Batman Begins was kind of the first to publicly do it, but it was an idea that was bandied about in a while that Gordon was the guy who comforted young Bruce after his parents were killed. Right. That sort of thing. That dates back to, like, the earliest thing I could find is, like, a treatment for the, the 1989 movie, that they were going to do something like that. But uh, what I've thought is that, you know, because of the fact that the friendship of Gordon dates back all the way to that very first panel, and now you've got a whole fucking TV series about that relationship. So I'm like, if they've known each other for that amount of time, I think in that version, Gordon, being a detective himself, does know, but out of respect for Bruce, doesn't even touch it. He doesn't even go there. He doesn't right, bring it right. up. You know what I mean? Like if anybody I, could keep a secret about it, it'd be him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what my whole, uh, as a writer, you have to write all these like different spec scripts basically sample scripts for different shows. So I'm like, okay, well, Gotham is a show that I obviously know the characters for, so I'll write that. And it was mainly centered on, uh, I'll just, I'll just uh, chill out right now. The logline was that Bruce is, Bruce is like 14 years old in the show, right? So like his teacher gets murdered, and he's like, I want to find out who did it. And Gordon's like, well, you're just a kid. You're not going to be able to do it. And Bruce is like, hey, you know how to be a detective. 
I know the school, I can get you intel, and this sort of becomes the first team up between. That would be sweet, dude. That's a good idea. Yeah. So when I wrote that, it became about like Gordon being overprotected of him being like, oh no, like this is you're going too far, blah blah blah. But every time Gordon would push him away, Bruce would do a little more to the point where the villain ends up capturing him at the end, blah blah blah. You know how it goes. They end up defeating him, but it's it's in a little bit of a twist. Bruce helps sort of. Def- help save Gordon by the end, and Bruce, you know, obviously becomes an asset in solving that case. So at the end, Gordon has kind of learned his lesson that he was a little too overprotective, and I have them standing on the rooftop that uh, of GCPD, because he's going to show him Bruce. The, my justification of it is that Bruce is showing him, like, hey, this is where the center I'm going to build for in respect for my teacher. But, like, as a writer, I was mainly doing it so you can have Bruce and Gordon on the rooftop that they'll be meeting for years to come. And that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, and, and so he talks to Gordon. He's like, thank you for allowing me to be part of it. Now I know how it's like to make a difference. And he thinks about it for a second, and he's like, Detective, if, if I wanted to help the city again and it put me in danger, would you stop me? And Gordon, having learned his lesson this time, says, you're your own man. It's not my job to stop you, just to help you when I can. And then you basically end it with them looking over the city that they'll be protecting for years to come with the boy who will always be fighting and this guy who will always be there to help him. And so that's what I sort of saw as like the promise that Gordon makes so that in the future when this kid becomes Batman, he's just like, okay, I know what he's doing. But out of respect and because I know that he has to do this, I'm not going to even like push it. I'm not going to go there. Is, are you trying to actively submit this script to the show now? With oh no, it's any not connections you have, or uh, I mean, it's more for the writing programs. That's why I'm able. That's why I can like say this stuff because like if this is something that I was trying to like sell to the show, I wouldn't be telling you guys this. But this is okay. something that's not going to get made. No, this is more of like here's here's a show that I know and I can write a an episode of it. And because of the fact that I knew the Batman characters, it was an easy one for me to crank out in a couple weeks. Uh, but uh, this isn't really something that'll get produced. Plus, I set it like earlier in the timeline than what the show takes place anyway. Uh-huh. So, so you are. What's your uh, thoughts on Gotham in general? It seems I think like it's kind of a crazy show. It is. Yeah, it started out pretty corny. Like I wasn't. I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to keep watching this. But it got a lot better, and I've ended up enjoying it. Uh, I think B.D. Wong's Hugo Strange is perfect. It was casting that I was like, okay, I've never thought of casting an Asian dude as Hugo Strange, <laughs> yeah. and I wouldn't picture the guy who plays the, you know, the doctor dude on all the Law and Orders, but he did a, he's done a really fantastic job. He's good. I've enjoyed uh, seeing this Bruce evolve. And uh, I think for me it's always been about like, well, I wish there was a little bit more of the Batman stuff and less of the cop stuff, you know? So that's why I wrote what I wrote, where it was a little more of Bruce's story than uh, Gordon's story. Because Gordon was always meant to be a supporting character. If you think about it, his main traits are that he's a frustrated cop and he's yeah. a family man. So yeah. like, there's only so much I feel you can do. I think the show is trying to like darken him up and make him a little Punisher-like or whatever. But I don't know if, how long that's going to last. And right. Uh, right. Right. I yeah, crazy with the villains, man. God. Yeah, everybody's. This is this is a continuity where everybody gets introduced. I think when Bruce is in his teen years, so yeah. they've already got. Uh, yeah, they've got. Yeah, yeah, they did Clayface, man. Already, I'm like, okay. That, like, by the way, that was my favorite animated episode, the first Clayface. Oh yeah. One. Yes, man. I don't know. Everybody cites Heart of Ice and Mad Love and all this, but for me, it was that Clayface one. That one is. This is another solid one. It always gets to me when he's 
crashing his trailer. Do you remember the yeah. part? He's crashing his trailer, yeah. and he's just like, I'm not an actor anymore. I'm not even yeah. a man. And I'm like, oh, jeez. And when, they, when they're pouring the, uh, the, the, the makeup stuff on him, and it's mm. like this commentary on vanity, and the way it ends, too, with him, like, Batman uses, like, kind of detective work and tricks. Like, he leads him into a room with all the monitors, mm -hmm. plays, he's an actor, if nobody, if the listener doesn't know, he's an actor, so it plays all these movies that he's been in, and it like fucks him up so he starts changing into all of them really quick and Bruce mm -hmm. knew it would fuck him up and then like when he changes so quickly so fast that's what fucking I guess yeah. kills him or lays him out or whatever knocks him out and man that shit or at fucked me up to. when I was a kid I, yeah. I kind of wish that that got incorporated in the comics like Heart of Ice did like right. you don't really there's no real like Clayface story like that in the comics I can't find one at least and so, you know it's it's funny too because the, the 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 Japanese guy that wrote all the Bat manga stuff he liked Clayface a lot, mm. and he 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 called him. It was essentially it was Clayface in Japanese, and then he made Lord Deathman too his own villain. <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 he did like Clayface a lot. He used him quite a bit. So that's mm. interesting. He keyed in on that. But uh, let's move towards the movie stuff real quick. What'd you oh, think boy. of Batman versus Superman? Let's go. Oh boy. Um, I enjoyed Ben Affleck in the role. I always, I mean, you and I talked about this right when they announced it. I always thought he got too much of a bad rap from people who, you know, here he was, Oscar, you know, Oscar winner guy, and everyone's just like, Julie and Daredevil. I'm just like, yeah, that was 10 years ago. What the fuck, guys? Yeah. So, like, I thought, you know, when they, when they announced it, I'm just like, okay, I can actually see this. Like, let's see, let's see how it does. Um, I was, I mean, I've only seen the theatrical cut. I haven't seen the ultimate cut. I've seen scenes from the ultimate cut, and I know what they added. I pretty much know everything that they added in. Yeah, I just haven't had the chance to watch all of it. about it. Yeah. So I've seen plenty of it, but um, I'll, like my general consensus from, in my mind after I stepped out of it because uh, was was like, okay, I like all the Batman stuff. I, I'm just not a big fan of any of the Superman stuff that Snyder does. I just feel like he... Uh, I didn't, I felt this take on Lex Luthor, it wasn't even the whole psycho thing, it was more like, I don't think it makes sense for him to be so against an alien superhero and be the Renfield to Steppenwolf's <laughs> Dracula, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why is he a servant to this guy if he's all like, you know, you're God and all that? I'm just like, this guy's an even bigger God, what are you talking about? So Lex Luthor didn't make any sense to me. I didn't really... Uh, I don't know. I really want to like Henry Cavill's Superman. I've just never really been very attached. I, I just feel like there's something's missing there in terms of getting me to like this version of Superman. And uh, in terms of the Batman stuff, I honestly wasn't. Um, I wasn't outraged by the killing like a lot of people are. Probably because I'm so used to it. If you Batman, think about Batman killing people. Yeah, because if you think about it, like the only Warner Brothers super, the only, only Warner Brothers Batman who hasn't killed people is George Clooney. So right. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm kind of used to it by now, guys. But like, I was surprised that somebody was like, Batman kills again. I'm just like, well, yeah, but I've seen that for the past like few years. Like, It seemed like there was okay. a lot more of it, though. It seemed like yeah. in Nolan's Batman, they were trying to stray away from it, at least as much as he could. He was, yeah, he would say that, and then, you know, you know, he'd tell Cat with no guns, no killing, and then he would still fucking, like, machine gun Talia's truck at the end. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, this Batmobile has machine guns on it. I'm just like, 
Burton's Batmobile had machine guns. Yeah, Nolan's yeah. Batmobile had machine guns. The only, guess what? The only guy who didn't have machine guns, Joel Schumacher's Batmobile didn't have sh- machine guns. Why don't you wow. praise him for that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I think if we're going to judge just off the killing thing, you're gonna, you're gonna, you run, you run into this whole thing where, like, okay, if you're just going to judge that, then George Clooney is the best Batman. If you're just going to judge that. I don't agree with that, though. So I, I think I know what they were doing. They were going to do the whole thing where he's like, hey, he's gotten darker now because of the whole, Batman, because of the whole Superman stuff and what happened with Black Zero. And obviously Robin's, one of the Robins is dead. And like, I, I got it. It's just that uh, I think people just weren't ready for that. Or they, it might have helped if there had been a Batman trilogy with Ben Affleck or if Christian Bale was in this one so that they would have seen, okay, that was the heroic Batman. They would have gotten it more, I think, that this was like a guy who had lost his way as opposed to this being how it always has been. Uh, so that's my take on that. And I don't know, how did you, how did you feel about we the actually whole situation? Had, <laughs> did you have a whole podcast on this? Because I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. find no, that. No, it's all right. It's been, it's been a while. And plus, I think those other ones are... Uh, currently off because we haven't been paying for our SoundCloud. Oh, yeah, the older ones aren't on there. But yeah, um, we we had we had a we had a couple podcasts about this. But basically, mm-hmm. I felt like my main gripe is that he there's the movie's called Batman vs Superman, but you go only twenty minutes of them fighting each other directly, and there's even like a, a, a an egg timer of 20, <laughs> yeah of twenty minutes. That's all we get. Like, if you look, look, everybody's going to now it's less. Yes, everybody's going to make these uh, comparisons. So let's just do it with Civil War. There's like twenty fight scenes, guys. Yeah, fucking twenty. The whole fucking movie, a huge one. Everybody made fun of them running up to each other from the trailer before it came out mm-hmm. because it was like superheroes fighting in a parking lot. And then when we finally see the movie, it was fucking incredible. Yeah. So well, I mean, that was that was my main gripe actually. Like. And, and the Martha thing, like them having the same mother name. Why'd you say that name? Yeah, yeah great, you know. great. I don't care about that <laughs> at all. Yeah, uh, it's funny because I actually saw Civil War before Batman, Superman. I saw both of the, I, because of the fact I'm over at uh, Disney, they're just like, hey, check, check this out. So I saw that. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Hopefully, you know, Batman vs. Superman is good. I saw Batman vs. Superman in a fan screening. This is before Rotten Tomatoes. This is before any of that shit happened. Okay. And like at the end, I stepped out. I walked out with my friend. Who hadn't seen Civil War? He's like, okay, what do you think between the two? And I'm just like, this movie is gonna get ripped by the crit. Like I predicted everything. I'm just like, this movie's gonna get ripped by the critics. It's probably gonna make money this weekend, but it's probably gonna drop a few, you know, over the weeks. Civil War is gonna come out. Everyone's gonna say that that's the movie that this should have been. And it's kind of disheartening because I'm just like, hey, I mean, I like both Marvel and DC, and I'm clearly a Batman fan more. But like, I, I got to recognize which one did a better job. It's funny because there's so many different, so many. So many different, but so many similarities between the two storylines. Uh, a friend of mine didn't realize it until I'm just like, okay, well, both movies start with a flashback of the millionaire superhero's parents getting killed. Then we go to Africa where there's a terrorist and the all-American patriotic su- superhero goes and stops him, but some shit happens and the government wants to talk to him, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, oh, shit, it is the same fucking movie. <laughs> so right. uh, it's, it's a shame that how that happened, but... Uh, you know, it's, I gotta I gotta recognize which one that I which one did a better job. I personally, I, see the thing is, you know, you brought up people who were making fun of the whole parking lot thing. Right. For Civil War. I saw more people, just average Joes, making fun of the idea of Batman versus Superman because they're just like, okay, why are they fighting? And like, what the hell 
how the hell does Batman have a chance against Superman? Like, they didn't get the idea of it. Uh, They got the idea more of Civil War a little bit because they're just like, okay, I know Captain America, I know Iron Man, they're fighting for some reason this one. Okay, at least I know, like, who they are because I've seen them team up. Some people didn't even, I guess some people didn't even realize Batman and Superman could be in the same universe. That's their thing. Uh, For me, I kind of just wish it was a little bit more of a... I personally wish it was more of a world's finest movie, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think people would have bought that more, and I think the whole motivations for them to fight could have been explained a lot better if you... This is just me. This is just me, like, rewriting history. could be explained a lot better if you introduced Bizarro into the equation. <laughs> Why? If you think, Why Bizarro? Because of, the fact, because of the fact that you can easily frame Superman for shit. There were moments in here where I'm just like, okay, is Lex trying to frame Superman for doing this? How does that involve the bullets? Like, what does that have to do with if anything? If you're framing him, then you're, you're counting on the fact that he doesn't have a back, backwards S on his chest. Well, that's Shit assuming, like, that. like, you would have to do your own version of Bizarro. Like, I would picture right. him starting out as an outright clone, and then, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, and but then, like, kind of degrading into... Yeah, like, the, like in the cartoon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Because I I was like, it makes more sense to me if Lex, instead of being like, oh, I'm going to serve Steppenwolf or Darkseid or whoever and, like, take down Superman, if he was just like, oh, shit, aliens are invading, the Superman could just be uh, this first step. He could just, this whole Black Zero could have just been to gain our trust. I'm going to get rid of him by creating my own Superman who can bow down to me, and that Superman that I create is going to defend us. That would, so cool. he could. that would be cool. So that was like, if if we were to go back, I'd be like, it's much easier for him to create somebody who frames Superman. Batman then thinks, oh, Superman went rogue. I got to take him down. And Superman's like, no, no, it wasn't me. You got to understand. And then you got you got a more organic reason, in my opinion, than um, you. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what was the motivation again. <laughs> like it was kind of like the motivation you, was that 9/11 shit that happened in. Yeah, but it, like he didn't even Batman didn't even go after him until like two and a, like a year and a half later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it, if it, this happened right afterwards, I would understand. But what the catalyst for him is a dream sequence of the future, thanks to the Flash and Congress blowing up, and not even Superman blowing up Congress, but Superman, I guess, failing to stop Congress from getting blown up. Like I, I you know what I mean? It was you it know, was really not clear. Like, I think it was Deborah Snyder, too, Zack Snyder's wife. I think, anyway, I could be wrong about this, but she said something like, uh, we learned from our lesson, talking about Batman vs. Superman, yeah. that people do not like a deconstruction of their superheroes. <laughs> and right. I was like, I was thinking, we could have taken a deconstruction if you had fucking made it right. This is, <laughs> this, this is like them ending a 20-minute title fight of a three-hour movie, uh, with uh, them having the same mother name, and then he says, my friend, in the next scene. Yeah, no, that was Like, ridiculous. I mean, this is so fucking stupid. And then you have, like, two commercials in the movie, you know, Flash <laughs> and Cyborg. Right. Well, three, I guess, if you count Wonder Woman. So it was just a total mess. Just a total right. mess. And I, yeah. I wonder, I wonder did, did, did Chris Terrio drop the ball? I mean, who dropped the ball? Was it Charles Roven, the producer? Like, somebody is to blame probably even more than Snyder, in my opinion. I mean, Snyder's still the director, dude. I mean, he still called the shots. Apparently, the whole nightmare sequence didn't come about. It, it was, I read that it was, like, written, and then they cut it, and then he decided to do it when they were making it. He was like, we're going to oh, put really? it back in. Yeah. Really? So stuff like that. I'm like, why, why is this in the middle of the movie? Like, I thought this would be something that you would start the movie with or, yeah. like, do it after credits with. Like, when it's in the middle like this, I was like, eh, okay, like, 
it just ruined like the flow was just off the ultimate cut does a better job with the editing but still i'm just like this uh, like can we just concentrate on like why batman would fight superman why superman would fight batman other than just lex luthor somehow manipulating it you know what right. i mean like it's right. it is weird because it's like all right, I've got your mother, and I've been orchestrating this for like a year and a half for you to do the fight. And I was like, well, why is it why that long? Like, really? Like, and then, couldn't and you have done something else? <laughs> Batman gets mad because of some postcards sent to him? Yeah. With some writing on it? I don't, I never understood that either, really. Like, he was already mad enough from Superman doing his own, making his own mistakes from Man of Steel. Yeah, so yeah. What, like, what, are why, these, what are these cards all about? There was no reason why this movie could not have taken place right after Man of Steel, with the Senate hearing happening because of the Black Zero event, and Batman preparing himself because he had recently seen the destruction and obviously wasn't sure, you know, who was responsible for they that. They should have like called that. you. They should have called you. Well, thanks. <laughs> but that's not what happened, and now uh, they're back to, you know, it's still the same creative team for this Justice League movie. So, yeah, yeah, most of well, they, they, they actually took Charles Roven out added Ben Affleck as an executive producer and Jeff Johns is now executive producer as well, which I think he was not, neither of those two were, were EPs on the, right. on, on Batman vs Superman. So mm -hmm. there, there is that. And they do know that Batman vs Superman was kind of not received well. They're aware right. of it, mm -hmm. which leads me into this question. How do you feel about the future of the DC universe with suicide squad coming out in August next month? And then also justice league in a year. Right, yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad, I'm looking forward to. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I love the fact that the Killer Croc's in it, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one of those characters where just like I knew for a fact we wouldn't see this guy in the Nolan verse. But this one, I'm just like, okay, no way, cool. Yeah, we'll, no way. we'll do that. Uh, let's see. The Joker with Jared Leto. The funny thing is, everybody got on the whole Suicide Squad Joker's shit for like the tattoos and everything. And I'm like, where were you guys when Heath Ledger's Joker looked like the crow? Because that looked more unlike the Joker to me than this. This just looks like the Joker with tattoos and a grill. Like, he still had the slick hair, the perma-white grin. Like, the other one was more of a reinvention to me. So I'm just like, I don't know why you guys are mad at this and you were happy about the other one. Maybe it's because Nolan had goodwill, Batman Begins, and David Ayer is new to this. Right. So it could be that. But personally, I don't know. I was just, I thought it was a little hypocritical. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he's got. I think he went a little too far with the whole method acting thing, personally, with, from what I hear about the whole sending used condoms and dead rats to people. But, yeah, why do all the know? Joker actors feel some need to do this? Look at Mark Hamill. He's arguably, like, the greatest Joker ever, and he's a normal guy. I've, I've met him. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's just a normal, fun guy. Yeah. I don't get why it's like, I have to get into the dark side of his head. I'm just like, no, not, not really. You just got to act. Uh, so there's that. Wonder Woman, I think everyone's, um, you know, looking forward to simply because, like, hey, it's a female superhero movie. And, like, it's Wonder Woman. It's the female superhero. you got to make sure that uh, you're doing that right. And everyone seemed to like, you know, her take on it. I thought uh, she was good, even though, like, I didn't think there was much of a need for her to be in it. But uh, yeah. uh, it, I enjoyed it. The Justice League movie, uh, I'm sure you've read the reports. Some of them. Does that report things? Go, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I I like what I'm hearing. I just, uh, you know, you hear, oh, we, we're going to make up for, they didn't really have to make up for the destruction of Man of Steel, personally, because my problem wasn't really the destruction of Man of Steel, but they're just like, we're going to address the destruction of Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. And then Batman vs. Superman came out, and 
that have that reception, and then they're just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna address that too. And I'm just like, I don't know if you guys like, I don't know really if they're going to. Uh, it's tough to say that they're gonna deliver when people feel kind of burned out already. You know what I mean? Uh, Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman's reception just hasn't just wasn't the same compared to a Batman Begins or Dark Knight. Yeah. In terms of like, uh, I don't know about financially, but at least in terms of like audience reception, I don't see anybody saying, "Oh my God, I'm looking forward to the next Superman movie." Right. Like I've never, <laughs> I haven't heard that in years. So uh, I think that's an issue. I don't really hear other people saying that they're looking forward to this Justice League movie. So I think there's this movie's gonna have to be really fucking good in order to win people over. Yeah, I th- they think... they got a fucking mountain to climb with yeah. this one, man. I mean, and I think already... Steppenwolf, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, the Steppenwolf villain. Okay, it's cool they're introducing new villains, but everybody, it's... just stop, stop teasing us. Just get us fucking dark side already. Yeah, I'm you like, know what I mean, like, let's just if we're if you're gonna go Steppenwolf? that way, yeah, <laughs> dark side's a little bit more recognizable too. You're talking about marketing and stuff. I mean, maybe they're gonna have enough. Marketing well, by them yeah. Anyway. I don't Plus, know. my my issue is like, okay, you got Steppenwolf, you got Dark Side, like they're both like uber alien dudes. Like, what's going to be the contrast between them other than just being a different guy? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like at least with like, I hate to do a whole Marvel versus DC thing, but you've got like Loki, who's the Norse god thing, and the next one is a fucking robot with Ultron, and then you got Than- like you've got three different types with uh, the Avengers. Movies and I just right. feel like if you do step if you do Steppenwolf to Darkseid, that's just like okay, well here's another dude who's also all powerful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, eh. right. like the, what's the, what's it gonna be leading to? Like an even bigger guy who can do that stuff? Like I, I don't know. I I thought it was a weird choice, personally. Yeah, it'd be cool if Charles Dance does the voice of him though. That's for sure. It would be, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll rumor. just have to see. Yeah. I, I like that room. I'm going to be disappointed if it turns out to be a nobody who does it in comparison. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've always been looking forward to a Justice League movie. We've been talking, you and I have talked about this every now and then, too. And uh, hopefully this is, this is the one to do it. I think it's interesting to have a Batman who's the one who creates it, who recruits it. Uh, but it makes sense for his character arc uh, that was established. So, uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. And hopefully they'll pull this one off. And this one isn't a rewrite that Chris Terrio had to take on. This is totally from Terrio, I believe. It actually, it might actually mm. borrow from that script that George Miller was working on, but uh, uh, maybe. I mean, that one had. I I don't really see the similarities yet. You know what I mean? Because that oh, one okay. didn't have that one. That one had uh, Maxwell Lord and Talia and uh, the Omax. Like it had completely oh. different villains. So I'm like. Okay. Mm, if they, I mean, if they were to take it, I think that script would actually be better for because that's more, I hate to say deconstructionist, but it was more, well, I don't know if it would fit, honestly, because they, they, they do the whole Omax storyline, which is about, like, Batman's contingency plans against the Justice League, and you kind of destroy your character art for Batman if he already has contingency plans against the Justice League, if that's the true. whole point of the story is that he's forming this team and learning how to be more of a team player. So maybe they should hold that on for a couple movies. Yeah, that, I mean that's they they use that for Justice League Doom, correct? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was that the source was, material was Tower of Babel and Omac. Yeah, that was that was great, man. I love that one. Well, anyway, I think we're gonna um, move on to the next section. Do you have any questions for us before you uh, you go? Uh, no, just uh, you doing what you're doing. I'll uh, I'll uh, hopefully we can talk more as we get to more Justice League stuff. For in sure. The future. 
Cool. Do you have any like websites or anything to, you want to plug or anything like that? Uh, not at the moment. I don't have anything. I don't have anything set up, but uh, I'll keep you posted. All right, then cool. You'll have to come back for Suicide Squad discussion. Yep, sounds good to me. Anybody have any other questions for Ben before he goes? All we'll be right, Ben. Hmm? <laughs> All right. All right, dude. See you Take later. Take care. Bye. See you. That was Ben Yip, everybody. He was, or he is a good friend of mine, and um, I hope he does well with his screenwriting uh, endeavors and all that. And it was, it's always really cool to talk about, talk about Batman in a lot of depth with somebody. And um, actually, just real quick, he's also the only guy I've ever, that's ever like come to me in person in real life and say, I have cancer. We went on a break at work. Whoa one time and he was like i've got hodgkin's lymphoma and i was like holy shit bro uh <laughs> we were at hook burger in burbank and <laughs> i was yeah that was crazy man and um, but on top of that we have the the love for batman so that's always good to talk about and that's basically it so we will catch you later have a good one. Later. <laughs>